Welcome to the Jersey Heritage Podcast, where we give you access to fascinating historic sites and collections that are not generally open to the public. Today we're at Jersey Archive, which is a really impressive modern building on the outskirts of St Helier. It's situated just off Clarence Road and it's very modern and bright and airy. And we're going to go inside and have a look at some of the collections that are held here and the function of the archive, what it does to serve the island. So we've just come into the archive building and I'm here in reception with Linda Rommel, who's the Archives and Collections Director. It's a really impressive building. When you first come in, it's about two or three storeys high, it's all glass, we've got some metal sculptures in the central here. It really does make quite a good impression. And what do people, are people surprised when they discover this building lurking here in a quiet corner of St Helier? I think they are, and you're right, it's a wonderful modern building, and I think when the archive was first designed back in the late 90s, we wanted to make it um, modern, we wanted to make it welcoming, inviting, so hopefully this reception area with, with lots of glass makes people feel that they want to come in and be drawn into the archive to discover more about the amazing records we hold. Should we just go through a bit further into the building, we'll have a bit of a chat about so why the archive is here and, and, and what people come in to, to do in terms of research here. Let's do that. So Linda, could you tell us a bit more about the work of the archive and the kind of collections you have stored here? Yeah, absolutely. So the archive for me is really about two different facets. It's about preservation and looking after the unique records that, that tell the stories of Jersey's history. So it's very much about making sure things are safe and secure and preserved for future generations, for people in hundreds of years' time to come and read them and enjoy them. But it is also about access, so it is absolutely about people coming to use the records here at the archive. It's about people using our online catalogue. Um, over recent years we've digitised a lot of our material so it is available online. So it's very much about encouraging people to use the archives for their own research, be that family history research, house history or maybe more academic research, people doing um, dissertations or PhDs. And do you have a lot of international users of the digital collections? We certainly do. I mean Jersey very much was a, a seagoing uh, little island and so there are lots of people in places like Australia, Canada, America who have Jersey ancestors and the online catalogue has been an amazing way for us to manage to contact those people and for them to start tracing their own Jersey routes and then also to come here so um, we usually have a lot of visitors who come to the archive who've come specifically to Jersey to see the places where their ancestors lived. Mm, that's fantastic, isn't it, that the archives and the resources here are actually drawing people to the island to do you know, research on site. It's great, and I think you know, what we do is we almost encourage people to find those links online, and then they do very much want to come here, and they want to look at the houses, and they want to go to the cemeteries, and, and really feel a little bit more, I suppose, a connection to those ancestors who lived in Jersey, even if they lived here several hundred years ago. Should we go upstairs and have a look at the reading room where people come to do their research and some of the display areas as well? 
Um, so Linda, one of the really significant collections you hold here is the German occupation registration cards, aren't they? But I think um, probably people might be familiar with those islanders who had family here during the occupation because they're often used for um, family history research or to illustrate occupation stories. But there is another collection which also has great significance for islanders, the um, aliens registration cards. Could you tell us a bit more about those? Yes, certainly. So the aliens registration cards um, were produced in 1920 and they were really a response, I suppose, to the First World War and the registration of people who came to Jersey who weren't of British birth. Um, it's something that wasn't just implemented in Jersey, there was similar sorts of legislation in England as well. And the cards um, were brought in by the immigration department, what we would now call immigration, but at the time they were called the Aliens Office, and that's why the cards are referred to as the Aliens Now we look cards. at that title, the Aliens Cards, and it seems such a so strange name for them to hold, doesn't it? But it, that's because that was the name of the department at yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely. It was the Aliens Office and therefore they're known as the Aliens Cards. But they're a fantastic collection and a really, really useful resource for family historians. There's so many people in Jersey who have French ancestors and they will find that if you have a French ancestor who lived in Jersey in 1920 and from 1920 onwards, um, they will have a registration card. And it won't just be people who came from 1920 onwards, it was also people who were here at the time. So in 1920, even if you've lived in Jersey for 60 years, you still had to go and register and get your aliens card. Of course, going forward, it's, it's not just the French connections we can see, we can start to see um, Italian workers who came over and then more latterly Portuguese workers who came over to the island after the occupation. So they're an amazing collection. Um, one of the most lovely things about them is, is the photograph that they have. So for anyone researching the family history, you know, th these are a wonderful way to perhaps even see, not just find that information, but to see photographs of your distant relatives. They are, and of course these photographs are over a hundred years old, so it's so unusual. It's not like now where we have hundreds and hundreds of photographs of, of all generations of the family. This is maybe uh, one of the only photographs that would exist of people's great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents. So they're very emotive in some cases. People can get quite emotional looking at these images of, of their ancestors. Well, I think we're going to get a chance now to go and look behind the scenes at some of the original cards with Stuart Nicholl. So that should be really exciting. Thank you. first thing you notice when you walk in is how cold it is. I'm glad I wore a big jumper today. Um, and also we've got rows and rows of this roller racking. So I imagine that just means you can fit a whole lot more um, boxes and documents in here than if it was just open shelving. That's right, yeah. It's, it's just making sure that we make best use of space. Uh, we've got some oversized shelving in some of the strong rooms as well where we put maps and plans so they're static. But the vast majority of it is this rolling racking which means we can put as many boxes as possible in the strong rooms. Okay Stuart, well I'll let you roll back the racking to get to the boxes we need today.
Um, so Stuart, could you talk us through an example of one of the registration cards? So yep, yeah, so this is the uh, Aliens card of John Timmons Hardy Lewis. Um, and it's got a lot of really interesting information on the cards. So we've got the details here that he was born in 1876 um, and that he arrived in the UK in uh, November 1921. And he was born in New Orleans? Um, he was born in New Orleans. So. Uh, I mean, straight away from the start, you start to think, how did he actually make his way over here? What was the reason for doing so? Um, we've got details here that he was, well, here we go. Here's probably the answer. He was the secretary of the American Finance Company. Um, so that would suggest why he came over here. And we've got a fantastic photograph here of him. It looks like he's got a, a little bit of a black eye there. It does. I'm not I quite wonder sure whether it's happened. just a shadow, but it does look like a black eye. It so it's does. quite intriguing. You wonder what happened here. Yeah. And then we've got his signature on there as well, as well as kind of details of his passport as well and the fact he was he was American there. And then if you turn it onto the back, which is, is really interesting to be able to see where he was living over oh, okay. here. So it's and almost so tracking his movements. Exactly. Yeah. People had to register with the aliens office if they moved, if they were moving out of the island, if they were coming back to the island, they always had to let the aliens office mm. know and this would be registered on the back of his aliens card. So he was in Jersey for a relatively short space of time. We can see that uh, he registered in Lyme Regis in the 15th of December 1921, uh, came to Jersey in 1922, and sadly, in 1925, he died at the General Hospital. But really interesting to be able to see. Oh, I see. So he did, he did sort of seem to put down some permanent roots here. He was here for well, he would have been here about years. yeah about three yeah. years in total. Oh, apart but obviously, from we can see in August 1923 he went to France, but actually only for four days. So he had to register as he left for France and then came back to the island. So presumably that would have been a holiday or business trip, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So for anyone interested in. Um, sort of family history. I mean, this is a fantastic record, isn't it, of where people were based, where they were living. We can see initially he was staying at the Royal Hotel. Um, yeah, and then we have a, a, a personal address, don't we, in town, Southern Caledonia Place. So Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely a goldmine for family historians. And I mean, what's brilliant is to be able to see what was happening to them in the island and where they were going and, and what happened to them sometimes they died sometimes they naturalized or they were told they didn't have to go back to the aliens office because obviously they'd been over here for so many years um but what's really useful is always their birthplace because a lot of time people come to us particularly when it's kind of french um migration saying i want to kind of track my family back to france can you help me with that and without that vital piece of information exactly where they were born, it's almost impossible because everything in France is kind of sectioned up into, into small uh, kind of areas, small towns. And that's where those records lie. OK, so you really need to know the town or village where your relative came from. Exactly. So this is such a key part of that, that information to be able to try, take that back, that next step and kind of get that extra information so you can then trace them back and hopefully go back a couple of hundred more years in France. Mm. I mean, obviously, a lot of people in Jersey, I think it's something like 10% of islanders have French roots. You know, they can trace their family back to Breton or Norman workers who came here in the past. But um, it seems that there were also, I mean, obviously, this um, car we just looked at was for an American, but there was quite a diverse community of people living here, far more international than you'd really imagine in 1920. So, could we just have a look at some of the more unusual cards we have here? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, for me, the, the intrigue is always how did people get here and why were they getting here in the first place? So uh, just picking up uh, one here that we've got as an example, this is the aliens registration card of Ernestono 
Regina Anido, who was born in uh, Montevideo in Uruguay. So all of a sudden you think, how has she come from Uruguay to, to come to Jersey? Mm. And it's a beautiful photograph of her as well, isn't it? I mean, she's got lovely waved hair and, and dark round glasses and very beautifully dressed. She's got, you know, quite a sort of elegant um, picture there. She she has, and I I think it says here that she was a teacher, so obviously she was, she was uh, pursuing that profession over here. I think I found out that she was actually a piano teacher, she was a music teacher, so obviously she was teaching pupils over here how to play the piano. But amazing that she kind of managed to get here, and, and obviously she, uh, looking at the back of her card, uh, she started out in England and then decided to come to Jersey uh, in the 1930s or so by the looks of things um so really interesting to mm, think and actually she was here all during the war years as well so yeah yeah and she survived nice. till 1948 so as you say she experienced the occupation mm. uh went through that that kind of trauma and, and the turbulent years that that brought yeah, you on you wonder whether because she was from the card we can see she was based in london before that so i wonder whether she came to jersey thinking it might be a safer place to be rather than living in London. I mean, with you, cer on the horizon. you certainly get the examples of that when looking at kind of different mm. uh, the aliens cards and the occupation registration cards of people who actually moved to the islands in order to be safe and then obviously got caught here when occupation hit. Mm. And do you have a particular favourite? Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of the the photographs, um, I mean, what's striking for me is actually that. Uh, people are able to uh, some of them are very kind of much studio photographs but some are not quite so staged uh, so there's a lovely one of a gentleman called Louis Francois Frejou um, he came from uh, Saint-Briac um, he was born at Pledra in Saint-Briac and there's a wonderful photograph of him uh, on his uh, on his card with a flat cap on a, a perfectly coiffed moustache um, and uh, his his fruit stand right in front of him. So he's got a pineapple in a little kind of cart in front of him there. It's a fantastic picture. He's obviously very proud of that pineapple. And of course, that would have been a really exotic, valuable fruit, I imagine, at that time. Exactly, exactly. So it, it just kind of... Uh, the fact, uh, I mean, the, the occupation registration cards are very much staged, studio set. These have got a lot more character. Mm. Kind of people were able to choose their own cards. So, as you said before, uh, Miss Anido had done her hair and was kind of very waved. Uh, he's obviously decided he wants his photo taken with a pineapple. Yeah, and you can and... blame him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, we've got others within the collection that are people with their musical instruments. We've got one that's one of my favourites, which is, I think it's an American gentleman. And actually, his whole family are seated around him, and they've all been named as well on the on the photograph, even though the aliens registration card didn't need that. So, just as I say, kind of when you get documents like that, which have such character, it's just a joy. Now we're going to hear from Melanie Lassin, who recalls how she discovered the aliens registration cards of her great grandparents. In the mid nineteen nineties, I worked in the immigration department and the then Deputy Chief Immigration Officer, John Knoll, had some open boxes on the floor of his office, which contained all the alien registration cards. At this point, the cards had not been transferred to the Jersey archive. I remember asking John if I could flick through them, and I couldn't believe it when I found a husband and wife with my surname, Francois and Francoise de Saint. At that point, I didn't know if they were my relatives or not so I photocopied the cards and took the copies home to show my dad. He recognised the faces in the photos immediately, 
as his grandparents, my great-grandparents. The details on the cards recorded that they had both died within months of each other during the occupation. This was most certainly the only photograph image my dad had ever seen of them, and some 50 years after they had died. But he did recognise them, and it was lovely to have been able to share the cards with him. My great-grandmother signs her card with a thumbprint, and it is incredible to think how her journey with her husband to work and then settle in Jersey set in motion the Jersey line of the Lassat family. And when you consider the education and the opportunities we have had in this island since, how privileged we have been. We hope you've enjoyed this Jersey Heritage podcast. Further podcasts can be downloaded from the Jersey Heritage website or your usual podcast provider.